So what does opinion polling tell us about the different parties' prospects? And would a vote in December actually make any difference? Let's talk now to the sophologist Sir John Curtis, Professor of Politics at Strathclyde University. Good morning. Good morning, Martha. And I suppose the question around a December election, a lot of it is to do with turnout, whether voters really will go to polling booths when it's dark evenings, possibly bad weather. Well, it's certainly true that if you look at the record of parliamentary by-elections held in December, uh, the turnout does tend not to be very good. um, But then, of course, the turnout in by-elections doesn't tend necessarily to be very good at any time of the year. But actually... Uh, If you go back to the two elections we have had in the winter, in the post-war period, both of them in February, well, one was in February 1974 in the immediate wake of a three-day week and the electricity being cut off regularly. 79% of us still managed to turn out and vote and the turnout was higher than the previous election in June 1970 or indeed in 1950, February 1950. The highest level of turnout in any general election was, ha- was, was, was acquired in the middle of winter. And in fact, if you go back much further, if you actually look at the elections of the beginning of the 20th century, five out of seven of them actually occurred in the months of winter, three of them just before Christmas. And one therefore does have to ask if if our great-grandparents were able to turn out and vote uh, in elections uh, without the benefit of cars, central heating, <laughs> or indeed necessarily reliable street lighting, you might imagine that perhaps the British public would be able to manage it uh, uh, with today's modern conveniences. Or will we be snowflakes? Um, but let's look at what the election campaigning might be like. And we've looks like Boris Johnson is going to miss his uh, do-or-die pledge, the deadline of October the 31st. So does that mean that the Brexit party might be in a position to benefit from that? Well, inevitably the answer to that question, Martha, is perhaps. I can certainly find you polling out there. Indeed, some of it was released again yesterday that asked people, well, if indeed we've not left by the end of October, how will you vote? And the Conservative vote, uh, as reported, in those circumstances goes down and the Brexit party vote goes up. Um, But of course, the way in which Boris Johnson has been playing this has been very much one in such a way as to try to avoid the blame for not leaving at the end of October. It, of course, starts with saying it's all to do with Parliament and the Benn Act. Um, It's to do with the reluctance of Parliament to actually pass the programme motion. It's the fact that he didn't sign the letter asking for the extension. And now he's saying, well, I'm still willing to get the bill through. Oh, but by the way, I want an election once it's it's gone through. Now, all of this is designed to try to say to Leave voters, it wasn't me that's responsible. And actually, by the way, it's the opposition that's responsible for the delay. Therefore, you have to vote for me in order to ensure that Brexit goes through. So that will be his argument. Sure, Nigel Farage will point out this is the third time in the row that the, the Conservatives have failed to deliver. Oh, and by the way, why don't we just leave without a deal? Um, and that's what we should be doing anyway. And it's going to be the relative strength of those arguments that matter if we do end up in an uh, election uh, because the Conservatives' prospects of winning do rest yeah. on their continued ability to squeeze the Brexit party vote in which they've had a fair degree of success uh, over recent weeks and months. So John Curtis. Many thanks.